the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Pipic, and Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. Here we are at the Memorial Day weekend. This is the start of summer in my book. Although summer doesn't officially start, I think until, uh, I think it's June 21st. And, but hey, uh, <laughs> this is, this is still the start of my summer. I know that you have family and, and friends and get togethers and barbecues planned. And some of the people will be traveling to, this three-day weekend to try to attach this to their vacation time. And we'll have the perfect weather in Northeast Ohio. Sunshine, no rain, and highs in the high 70s. So it should be a wonderful holiday and a wonderful weekend. And as we enjoy this long weekend, let's not forget what Monday is all about. Memorial Day is a day set aside to remember the soldiers, the sailors, Marines, and airmen that made the ultimate sacrifice for our country. Memorial Day is their day, a day to remember, a day to be forever indebted to those who didn't come back, those whom we can never pay back for the sacrifices they made for us. Memorial Day has been a day of remembrance since the Civil War, it was originally set aside to honor the Civil War dead by decorating their graves. Uh, then it was called Decoration Day, and it was the uh, it was first observed May thir- May thirtieth, eighteen sixty eight. After World War One, it was renamed Memorial Day and set aside as a day to be observed in honor of members of the armed forces who had died in all the U.S. wars. Since 1971, Memorial Day has been observed on the last Monday in May. This year, this will be the usual Memorial Day parades and memorial services. Each community will try to find a way to remember those who gave America so much more 
than they received. So let's take the time to think and remember the great sacrifices that were made for you and me. Uh, this is the time to honor those sacrifices that our troops made in the past and the sacrifices that our military are making today everywhere around the world. As Americans, it is our patriotic duty to honor those who have been lost in the service of our country and to never allow them to be forgotten. So we have a lot to do and a lot to think about this weekend. One of the minor benefits of Monday being a national holiday is that the stock market will be closed that day. This past week was another cliffhanger for the U.S. stock market as talks in Washington proceeded in an effort to break the deadlock on raising the federal debt ceiling. Anxiety that uh, leaders in Washington might not be able to reach agreement uh, regarding raising the debt ceiling before uh, the June 1st deadline uh, has been unsettling the markets. One day up, one day down, depending upon uh, what the actions are and and the results in terms of these negotiations. The administration and the uh, Republican House Speaker have been narrowing the differences in their uh, uh, agreement. Uh, we don't know exactly, we don't know any of the details of it. Uh, they've been laboring to lock in details on basically a two-year agreement that will restrain uh, federal spending and uh, lift the uh, legal borrowing limit past next year's uh, presidential election. So, uh, so far, we know it's two years, and it'll get past the uh, presidential election. While the contours of the deal have been taking shape uh, to cut spending for 2024 and impose a 1% cap on spending growth for 2025, the two sides remain stuck on various provisions. Uh, House Speaker McCarthy said, quote, we have to spend less than we spent last year, unquote. A person familiar with the talk said that the two sides were dug in on whether or not to agree to Republican demands to impose uh, work stiffer work requirements on people who receive government food stamps, cash assistance, or health care aid. So the Republicans want uh, to rescind money from for the Internal Revenue Service. It's still an open issue whether the sides will compromise by allowing the funding to be pushed into other domestic programs. In one potential development, Republicans may be easing their demand to boost uh, defense spending beyond what Biden has proposed in his budget. Instead of offering to keep it at its proposed levels, according to another person familiar with the talks, the teams are also eyeing a proposal to simplify and expedite the permitting uh, process. Uh, that's the, the legal process that everybody and his brother uh, it has to be involved in uh, permitting uh, any pipelines or energy transmission lines and things of this nature. So uh, they're looking at a maybe a simplified and expeditious permitting process that will boost energy transmission lines developments, and that's to facilitate and and to build out a interregional power power grid. That's uh, uh, basically, a power grid is capable of transporting uh, electricity from the uh, fields where they have uh, windmills and solar uh, uh, to the places where you actually are using the ele electricity. Well, yesterday, uh, stocks advanced as the deadline for the or X date uh, was moved back. It was moved back uh, from Thursday. June 1st to Monday, June 5th, uh, the Treasury Department estimated yesterday that the government could run out of money to pay the bills if Congress doesn't act by June 5th. Uh, 
that's moving the deadline basically from uh, Thursday uh, to the following Monday. So that's still a very, very short schedule, uh, a little over a week from today. So uh, President Biden and top Republicans have struggled for days to come to an agreement on the central issues of uh, government spending levels and setting the top line number for appropriations uh, to spend in the next fiscal year. And the next fiscal year will be fiscal 2024, and that starts October 1st of this year. So negotiators hope to wrap up agreement this weekend. Uh, you know, the President Biden was saying that uh, he expected it by last night, but uh, he, he, there's still time, and uh, and they expected it to get it done this weekend, and the results are available by Tuesday when the House and the Senate return from their Memorial Day uh, recess. Uh, the time is still very, very short, and whatever the negotiators uh, agree to, the negotiators from the House of Representatives and the Senate and the President, whatever they agree to will then have to be reviewed and debated and passed by the majority, a majority in the House of Representatives and also by 60 uh, votes in the Senate and also signed by the president. They'll have uh, done this multiple times before, and I'm confident they can do it this time with a little less drama than we saw in 2011. After we get this out of the way, then we can get back to worrying about uh, the usual things that, that the stock market worries about, the, maybe the fundamentals as well as, as the regional uh, bank situation, as well as conquering inflation, and maybe even a possible recession towards the end of the year. And as we saw this week, the markets are following the debt ceiling negotiations intently, and Congress and the president have to solve this problem. But the debt problem is a symptom of a much bigger spending problem. And several months ago, just to give you an idea of that, how big that spending problem is, you know, you kind of see it in the raising this uh, national debt. Uh, how did the national debt ever get up to uh, $31.4 trillion? It kind of stuck up there because... Uh, We've been spending more than uh, we've been taking in. Um, maybe during the COVID situation, there was reason to do that, but we've got to get the spending under control. Several months ago, President uh, Biden presented his proposed federal budget for 2024 fiscal year, which starts October 1st of this year. And the... Uh, uh, the proposed federal budget uh, was uh, $6.6 .6 trillion, uh, but the most recent uh, federal revenues uh, was $4.7 trillion. So you spend $6.6, .6, proposed to spend $6.6 .6 trillion, and you're bringing in $4.7 trillion, and that $4.7 trillion of federal revenue, that includes the personal income tax, the corporate income tax, the payroll tax. It includes Social Security and Medicare and uh, taxes from uh, excise taxes, uh, tariffs. Just about every nickel and dime that comes in is included in that $4.7 So So uh, how do we get uh, from $4.7 to $6.6 so that's the magic question that has to be uh, organized and debated and passed. So uh, what we're seeing is that uh, it's going to take a lot of effort. Uh, uh, I don't know how we've gotten into this, got into this situation, but uh, uh, getting this uh, debt increase is going to be a small part of getting the whole financial picture uh, organized.
This week, global equities were mixed. In the U.S., the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones, the Standard & Poor 500, and the NASDAQ Composite were mixed with the Standard & Poor 500 and the NASDAQ uh, Composite up for the week and the Dow Jones Industrial Average down. Uh, While in the U.K., the FTSE 100 was down for the week, and in the European Union, uh, Germany's DAX and the stock Europe 600 were both down for the week. And in Asia, uh, equities were mixed. In Japan, the Nikkei 225 was up for the week, but in China, both the Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong's Hang Seng were both down for the week. On Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices closed the week at the Dow Jones closed at 33,093.34, and it was down 1% for the week. The Standard and Poor 500 closed at 4,205.45, and it was up 0.32% for the week. And the NASDAQ Composite uh, closed at 12,000. 975.69, and that was up 2.51% for the week. So uh, the the, the uh, markets were up and down and following the negotiations, and uh, most of the earnings are in already, so the earnings seasons for the first quarter is basically all wrapped up. Uh, this week, uh, on Wednesday, we got a uh, the Federal Reserve uh, uh, Federal Open Market uh, minutes for the Federal Open Market Committee meeting that was held on uh, May 2nd and 3rd. Uh, after that particular meeting, the Federal Reserve Chairman Powell uh, gives a summary of what had transpired and what the conclusions were at the meeting, and then the minutes come out uh, later. They came out uh, uh, Wednesday, and they tell about uh, all the details of what happened during that meeting. And immediately after the uh, May meeting, the Fed announced that it raised its uh, federal funds rates by a quarter of a percent to a range between five and five and one quarter percent, and that's the Tenth consecutive increase since March of uh, uh, 2022, and all of this has been an effort to uh, slow the economy down, get more of an equilibrium between uh, equality between the uh, demand and supply, and to combat this uh, high inflation. So the Federal Reserve officials had agreed unanimously to lift the rates at their meeting, uh, but they were split on whether they would need to raise them again in June, with uh, some people on the committee uh, ready to pause in June. So uh, this June meeting, the next meeting of the Federal Reserve, will be June 13th and 14th, and it'll be interesting to see what, uh, uh, you know, whether they have a decision to raise rates or hold them steady, and it's shaping up to be a close call. Uh, basically, the two scenarios are that uh, uh, we we uh, pause at that particular meeting. That's one scenario for several months to see how uh, the actions of the Federal Reserve are affecting the economy. Uh, the Federal Reserve has been criticized for their constant raising of the rates without pausing. Everybody knows that there's a, a delay between what the Federal Reserve does and and when the economy uh, reacts to it. And that delay might be anywhere from six months to a year. So uh, the feeling is that uh, you've gone, they've gone too far too fast. But uh, so the question is, are they going to delay or pause, pause 
at this uh, June 13th and 14th meeting, or are they going to raise it again, a quarter percent, and then pause? So in the minutes uh, that were released, some federal officials have expressed anxiety that the economy and inflation haven't shown much visible signs of slowing, uh, but they've also become uncertain as to whether to keep lifting rates because of the potential fallout from the uh, the bank failures. There's been three bank failures since uh, March, including a credit crunch as banks face uh, higher funding costs and uh, as also banks have tightened their uh, lending criteria. <clears throat> several, uh, several participants noted that if the economy evolved along the lines of their current outlook, then further policy firming at this meeting may not be necessary. Others believe that they would need to lift the rates in the months ahead because they expected progress returning inflation to 2% would continue to be unacceptably slow. Overall, federal officials revised their our post-meeting statement this month to suggest much less conviction about the need for uh, further rate increases. Some of them said that they uh, didn't want market participants to interpret uh, these changes as signals that the Fed was considering rate cuts or that further increases had been ruled out. That's according to the minutes. Uh, over the past two weeks, some officials have said inflation and economic activity aren't slowing enough to justify the end to rate increases, but others, including Chairman Powell, have hinted that they might prefer skipping a rate increase in June to assess the effect of their past increases and, and also the strains on the uh, banking system. Uh, Chairman Powell said in a conference at a conference last week that quote we've come a long way in policy tightening and the stance of policy is restrictive and we face uncertainty about the lagged uh, effect of our tightening so far and about the extent of credit tightening from the recent uh, banking stresses. Uh, Federal Governor Governor Christopher Waller went farther, and on Wednesday, he said he would favor raising rates again at either the central bank's June or July meeting because of the slow progress in lowering inflation. Compared to his colleague, Mr. Waller has generally preferred more aggressive action to combat inflation over the past two years. Uh, That was during a talk in Santa Barbara California, Mr. Waller said he expects he expected data on economic and lending activity uh, over the next two months will make it clear that interest rates still need to rise above their current levels. Another increase would bring the federal funds rate to a 22-year uh, high. And uh, what we'll see later in the show is that the uh, the latest results from the personal income and outlays report uh, indicated that uh, uh, the reduction in, in uh, inflation uh, since the last report wasn't up to what was expected. In other words, inflation is not going down according to the, uh, the uh, personal consumption expenditure index is not going down as fast as uh, they were expecting it to come down. So, uh, you know, when we talk about what's going on in the national scene, even in the international scene, uh, those are the, that's the arena that our investments are acting in. And, uh, you know, it behooves us to keep track of them. But even more important to our, our, families and ourselves is the uh, the personal financial planning. That's where we actually take a look and say, uh, what are we doing with regard to 
uh, handling our money, allotting our savings, uh, determining how much we're going to spend, how much we're going to save, uh, whatever we save, how are we going to invest it, uh, how are we going to stay on top of our investments, what are we going to use our investments for. Uh, that That's part of your, your life's goals in terms of uh, when you're young, it's a matter of uh, uh, very, very small goals, uh, saving enough for the down payment for the house or, or uh, 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 money for the children's braces and things of this nature. And as we get older, it's more like uh, uh, how are we going to have enough money to retire? And generally, those numbers are big. And uh, even with Social Security, uh, the numbers that you need as a nest egg to retire are still fairly big. And uh, uh, the idea being that it takes a long time and a lot of effort to get that money accumulated into that nest egg. And along the along the way, you have to live life. Uh, you have to raise a family. You have to uh, have a standard of living for the family and all the rest of the things, cars, houses, uh, uh, schools, and all the rest of the things that go along with uh, a living life. So all of this... Uh, uh, has to be uh, accounted for. You have to know uh, whether you're getting a, a whether you're getting the biggest bang for your buck because you really need that biggest bang in order to accomplish the goals that uh, uh, you're after. So you lay them all out. These are my goals. Uh, this is when I need the money. This is how much approximately I'll need, and how much do I have to start saving now? Out of my paycheck to or paychecks uh, to get there. I have so much for the standard of living, so much for the savings, savings for this, savings for that, savings for the house, and savings for retirement. Uh, and you put it together and uh, sit on top of it and make sure that it works. And if it's not working, then you then you modify the plan. So. Um, and that's a that's a plan that will take you from now until you're 95 years old. So basically, that's one of the things we do for our clients. So it may be new, may be new to you, but it's not new to us. Uh, so this is you know this is where the big picture, you know, the national scene and the the smaller picture, but more important picture, uh, you're individual financial plan beat. So uh, this is Jim McAleese. Uh, you're listening to Get, you Get Rich Slow. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. Now stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese.
Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, uh, Jim McAlee. Um, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one 281 Now, going back to that, in the Memorial Day, uh, you know, and the uh, President Reagan uh, had, had a, a beautiful uh, eulogy for, for the unknown soldier. On Memorial Day in 1984, President Ronald Reagan spoke at the Arlington National Cemetery during ceremonies honoring the unknown soldier from the Vietnam War. And uh, President Reagan said, the unknown soldier who is returning to us today and whom we lay to rest is symbolic of all of our missing sons. About him, we may well wonder, as others have, as a child, did he play on some street in a great American city, or did he work beside his father on a farm out in America's heartland? Uh, Did he marry? Did he have children? Did he look expectantly to return to a bride? We'll never know the answers to these questions about his life. We do know that why he died, he saw the horrors of war, but bravely faced them. Certainly his own cause and his country cause was a noble one, and that he was fighting for human dignity and for free men everywhere. So uh, so let's honor our veterans and those who are serving in the armed forces today and make it basically uh, say a prayer for them and hope for their safety. So, uh, getting down to more mundane matters, <clears throat> if we take a look at, I mentioned the uh, uh, the personal income and outlays in uh, April, basically consumers increased their spending sharply and inflation accelerated. Uh, the U.S. Department of Commerce and their personal income and outlays for April our report shows that consumer spending, the primary driver of economic growth, rose eight-tenths of one percent in April. Uh, the spending was boosted by higher spending on vehicles and services, such as insurance and health care. April's report came after two months of weaker spending, uh, with March and April both uh, up only one tenth of one percent. So March and uh, February and March are up one tenth, and suddenly we got uh, April at eight tenths of one percent. Uh, the economy has shown uh, signs of cooling in response to the Fed's effort to combat inflation. In the past year, the central bank reeled off the most rapid series of rate increases. Since the early 1980s, that's when uh, uh, we were in the throes of inflation during the the 70s, and inflation got up to 14 percent. And at that time, and uh, it was either 81 or 1981 or 82, Volcker raised the federal funds rate to 20 percent. You know, this is, (laughs) and uh, we're talking about a much smaller problem. Uh, We're talking about raising the federal funds rate uh, to around five and a quarter, maybe five and a half percent. The federal funds rate now stands at a high of five and a quarter percent. And perhaps most, most probable is that they'll increase it another quarter of a percent at the June meeting before Possibly pausing. Uh, they don't. The Federal Reserve definitely doesn't like to uh, uh, write this thing in the rocks before the meeting. So, uh, recent data indicates consumers have shifted their spending uh, back into services, uh, which include rent and dining out and travel, after a big increase in goods purchases early in the pandemic. During the pandemic, uh, there weren't any uh, restaurants or sporting events or or gatherings of that nature. So 
uh, the only thing you could do was sit in your house and, and uh, uh, buy through Amazon or Walmart and, and have some goods delivered. So that increase in demand now, we're focusing now on more spending on dining out, spending on <clears throat> travel, sports events, things of this nature. That increase in demand is being met with higher prices as service providers are wage, uh, raising wages and facing rising uh, costs for supplies. If we take a look at uh, the increase each month in uh, uh, personal income, uh, we see that in April, personal income increased $80.1 billion. You know, increased uh, four-tenths of 1%. Uh, then if we take a look at the personal consumption expenditure, which is the consumer spending, that for April increased $151.7 billion, or eight-tenths of 1%. So our income in general increased $80 billion, and we increased our spending uh, by 152 billion, so that basically put a dent in our savings too. Uh, personal savings in April uh, was down to 4.1 percent uh, versus 5.1 percent the month earlier, and 12 percent in mid 2021, and 17 percent in uh, 2020. So uh, the saving, the, the spending is going up and the saving is going down. So the report suggests that the economy got off to a solid start in the second quarter. Personal consumption uh, uh, jumped eight tenths of 1%. The outlays for goods rose 1.1%, the most since January and reflecting stronger auto purchases and pharmaceuticals. Uh, services increased 7 tenths of 1%, also the biggest gain in uh, three months, and it was led by financial services and insurance as well as health care. So, and if we take uh, inflation into account, uh, inflation has been running at about 5%. And uh, over the last uh, uh, 12 months, and if we try to take that into account and say, what are the real purchases of goods and services, we see that uh, consumer spending has gone up one half of 1%. And of that consumer spending, eight-tenths uh, has been in goods and uh uh, the eight tenths in goods, one point four percent is in durable goods. Four tenths of one percent is in non-durable goods, and then services are up three tenths of a percent. So, according to that uh, report, the hundred and fifty-one point seven billion dollar increase in the personal consumption expenditure in April reflects an increase of. $86.9 billion in spending for services and $64.8 billion in spending for goods. Within services, the largest contributors to the increase was spending for financial services and insurance, health care, and other services, uh, notably professional uh, within goods, uh, spending for motor vehicle and parts. Uh, led by new motor vehicles and other non-durable goods, namely pharmaceutical products, were the largest contributors to the increase. So U.S. inflation and consumer spending had accelerated last month, and that's highlighting steady price pressures and demands that are going to keep Federal Reserve policymakers, I think, tilted towards... Uh, uh, raising the interest rates even farther. Uh, month, a few weeks ago, I would have well, a few days ago before this report came out, I would have said that uh, uh, the Federal Reserve at their June meeting would 
pause, but uh, the numbers show otherwise. The personal consumption expenditure index, which is one of the Federal Reserve's preferred inflation gauge, uh, rose faster than expected. Uh, it rose four tenths of one percent in April, uh, the, according to the uh, U.S. Department of Commerce figures that came out on Friday. Uh, the, uh, from a year ago, that measure climbed 4.4%. And then if we exclude food and energy, and we get to the so-called core uh, personal consumption expenditure index, that also increase, increased four-tenths of a percent uh, from uh, March and 4.7% from April uh, a year ago, so also exceeding projections. So uh, what happens there is that that last one, that core personal consumption expenditure uh, for the 12 months is the one that the Federal Reserve tends to consider to be the better gauge of overall inflation. So uh, the big surprise, inflation is accelerating up, not down. And uh, uh, both headlines for personal consumption expenditures and core personal consumption expenditures are moving in the wrong direction in uh, April. And uh, so if you take a look and say, okay, what is going on here? Uh, let's take a look and say, okay, the personal, the CPI, the, uh, let's take a look at the personal consumption expenditure. Personal, personal consumption expenditure for April uh, in one month, uh, the month of April, in, increased four-tenths of one percent. If we look back at what happened in March for that same index, it increased one-tenth of one percent. So it's gone from an increase of one-tenth of a percent in March to an increase of four-tenths of a percent in April. And then if we take a look and say, well, what's it done over the last 12 months? Well, over the last 12 months, the numbers for April show an increase of 4.4%. Uh, if you go back to March, you'll see that uh, uh, that number was 4.2%. So the personal consumption expenditure for the 12-month period ending in March was 4.2%, and now here in April, it's 4.4%. So both the monthly as well as the annual uh, numbers for inflation went up in uh, April. And uh, if you take a look at the, there's another measure for inflation, and that's the consumer price index. And uh, if you take a look at the uh, consumer price index for April, it shows the uh it increased four tenths of a percent in the month of April and increased uh, 4.9 uh, percent over a 12 month period ending in April. And if you take out food and fuel and go with a core CPI, it also increased four tenths of a percent in uh, in April and it increased 5.5 uh, percent in the 12 months ending in April. So if we look at uh, uh, the CPI for March versus the CPI for April, uh, we see that the numbers are going down in April. The 12-month 12, 12 numbers for the CPI was 5% in March, and it's 4.9%. In April, and if the core CPI uh, was 5.6% in March, it's 5.5% in April. Not very much, but it is going down. In the case of the personal consumption expenditure, it's going up. It, it went from uh, the 12 month number went from 4.2% to 
in March to 4.4% in April, and uh, the core numbers went from 4.6% in March to 4.7% in April. So the expectation was that uh, these numbers would be going down. Well, so sorry, uh, they're going up, which means that uh, basically I think you're going to see the Fed uh, uh, getting back to uh, uh, increasing the, uh, the interest rates again at the June meeting. So uh, the other the other thing we see in terms of uh, activities in the economy is the durable goods orders. Uh, you know the the manufacturing. What we've seen so far in the big picture is that uh, with the the COVID over now and the people traveling and the people going out to restaurants, that's basically where the consumer is spending their money nowadays. Uh, less goods and uh, more uh, services. So if you take a look at the uh, durable goods orders for manufactured goods increased again for the second month in a row, uh, for the U.S. Department of Commerce's report on monthly advanced report on durable goods manufacturers shipments, inventories, and orders for April. We see that new orders for durable manufactured goods in April increased 1.1% or $3.1 billion to $283.0 billion uh, for March, uh, which is good news for uh, the manufacturing uh, industry. Uh, it increased uh, 3.3% in March, and now in April, it's increased 1.1%. Uh, uh, Let's take a break here and, and uh, go to the phone. Hello, this is Jim McAleese. Good morning. Happy Memorial Day, not Mattress Sale Day. Unfortunately, they're reducing it to that. That's all I'm going to say. And other than that, oh. Wolf, is at the, Wolf is at the door. Wolf is at the door. Why are we doing this for years? this budget, the continuing resolution, which is an oxymoron, then, you know, make up the market. Why create uncertainty? Well, the the, uh, the important thing is that they get down and put together some sort of a balanced, balanced budget. I realize it's not going to be balanced, uh, you know, tomorrow or the next day, but over, over the next... Uh, uh, three or four years, they should be able to get to the point where, hey, you got so much money coming in, and uh, you're spending a little bit less than what's coming in. So uh, right now, we're proposing to spend six point six trillion, and we're only bringing in four point seven trillion. That's basically a forty percent increase, and if, if, you have to borrow that money. Go ahead, John. If, if we know all these years, capitalism, if you want to practice, why create uncertainty? That's the worst enemy, right? Right. Sad. So. I hope they wake up. <laughs> Have a nice holiday. If, if you and I were running the place, we'd run it right. I hey, know. You and I are the old time sake. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, John. You take care. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Weekend now. Bye-bye. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Uh, back again. This is Jim McAleese. Uh, to me, it, it, it's something that, uh, uh, you know, I could we could justify during the COVID times when the economy just shut down. Uh, you know, that, that was basically a time for action on the federal government's part. You know, and, and the federal government acted and... Uh, it, uh, uh, the economy stopped uh, the, the federal government threw uh, $6 trillion in there in terms of unemployment benefits and uh, benefits, money to companies if they would keep their workers uh, busy. Uh, all sorts of money went, went out there. And it, it 
save the economy. You know, the house was burning down, and uh, uh, the federal government came in and, like, a fire department and threw all the all the resources that it had on it and all the water they could get on the fire, put it out, and now we've got this mess called inflation that uh, we got to clean up because uh, we overdid it. So, um, but you've got to get it uh, to the point where okay. You can't, uh, you ramped up spending, you can't keep it at these levels. you got to bring the spending down. So, so much for my, for my, my, uh, my speech here. But let's go back to what we were talking about before, and that is manufacturing is in good shape. Uh, and uh, if you take a look at where we're, what is happening? Uh, new orders for April up 1.1 percent. Uh, fabricated metal products that was flat. Machinery up one percent. Uh, computers and electronics down 1.4 percent. Uh, motor vehicles, motor vehicles were down a little bit, but uh, defense aircraft were up 32.7 percent and. The big news out of the uh, durable goods orders was that the uh, capital goods orders, uh, excluding aircraft, uh, were up 1.4 percent. So uh, that was the that was the uh, the big news in terms of saying, okay, uh, where's the uh, uh, the money that was spent? Uh, in April, the big surprise was the jump of 1.4% in core capital goods. The core capital goods don't include the aircraft orders, but rather are durable goods that industry needs for production of products. The April orders also include an increase in defense aircraft and parts uh, that went up 32.7%. But if you take a look at the actual dollar amounts, that doesn't compare with the core capital goods numbers. So if you're taking a look at uh, the increase in core capital goods for April uh, was $74 billion. Uh, the increase in defense aircraft was only $7.7 billion. So uh, the aircraft orders were 10% of the core capital goods order. So to me, that's that's the good news in terms of what's, what is being spent because companies are basically spending their money on machinery and uh, buildings and things of this nature and expanding. So to me, that's, no, those are investments that will uh, appear, the results will appear later in the uh, in the future, and uh, uh, there'll be, uh, you know, tremendous uh, results. So uh, we also take a look. At, also take take a look at industrial production and capacity utilization reports that came from the uh, Federal Reserve, and for April, it shows that industrial production increased a half a percent in April from March. And uh, what you're seeing there is that, uh, in addition, capacity utilization eased down a little bit to uh, 79.7% in April from 80.7% a year earlier. Uh, What you're seeing is that in the the industrial production, uh, 73% of the number comes from uh, manufacturing, and then 15% comes from mining, and 11% comes from utility. And what you're seeing is manufacturing increased what 1.0% in April, and that's consistent with what you just saw from the Commerce Department. And uh, it is down nine cents of one percent from a year ago. And if you take a look at the durable goods manufacturing, you'll see. Motor vehicles and parts 
uh, are up 8.5% uh, year over year. Uh, computers and electronic parts are up 2.1% in the month of April. Uh, primary metals like steel are up 9 cents of a percent. And all in all, what you're seeing is that manufacturing, even though it may have slowed down overall, is still uh, in good shape. And uh, uh, now we now we're, we're going to have to worry about inflation coming from the service sector. But uh, hey, we'll we'll basically uh, hopefully if they get this uh, this debt situation squared away, then they've got to uh, get the start to get the spending overall situations squared away, and they'll have to uh, do some hard bargaining uh, the rest of the summer and September in order to get those appropriations bills done by uh, uh, October 1st, the start of the fiscal year. So this is Jim McAuley. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. As we celebrate this Memorial Weekend with friends and family, let's set aside the time to observe the Memorial Day. Let's remember the soldiers and sailors, Marines and airmen, who died defending our country and protecting our way of life. It's our patriotic duty to honor those who've been lost in the service of our country and to never allow them to be forgotten. Remember, it's the soldier, not the reporter, who has given us freedom of the press. It's the soldier, not the poet, who has given us the power of free speech. It's the soldier, not the campus organizer, who has given us freedom to demonstrate. It's the soldier, not the locksmith, who protects our children as they sleep in their, in their beds at night. It is the soldier, not the clergy, who allows us to attend the church or temple of our choice. It's a soldier, not the American political process, that guarantees our entrance to the ballot box. And is a, and is a soldier who salutes the flag and whose coffin is draped by the flag that guarantees the American way of life. If you can read what I just said in the book, thank a teacher. If it's in English, thank a soldier. And until we meet again next week for more of Get Rich Love, may God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090 where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone's Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.